Greetings, greetings, and welcome to another episode of Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. We are here for episode 87. It is such a pleasure to be back again. I want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for checking out our recent episode with Brother Cy Marshall Law. He has a new album and book out called I Still Love Her. Definitely a dope project and a really good book as well. So check for that. So like I said, man, we got a new episode today. I have two special guests on the show that I'm really excited to talk about, to talk with today. Been uh, following these two artists for a little while now. I found out about one of them last year and the other one I've been hearing about for a long time. And she has a, a brand new project that is collaborated with this producer that is on the show today. So we're going to talk to them in a little bit. I want to shout out a few things before we jump into the interview today. However, remember we are on our website is outtheboxmedia.com and you can access that website to check out some of our previous interviews and our shows that we've done all the way since 2009. Everything from the video shows here on YouTube, on Out the Box TV, to our audio podcast. So, uh, you know, if you have not become acquainted yet, definitely go to the website, outtheboxmedia.com. We also have our merch page, which is outtheboxmedia.bigcartel.com, where we have our Out the Box Talks merch and our Out the Box Media merch in general. So we got snapback hats. We got coffee mugs for Out the Box Talks podcast. We got T-shirts. We got hoodies. All the memorabilia and the merch that you can rock to show that you fully support what we do with this platform. It helps the 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 funds and the money goes a long way, man. It really helps to help me to continue do this work without the box. Also, if you would like to donate to the platform, you can donate at PayPal, paypal.me slash out the box media. You can also donate via Cash App at hashtag out the box rep okay also we have a patreon page where you can get access to exclusive interview clips these are clips that are only available to those subscribers who go above and beyond to support the platform and you if you become a patreon member you can get access to those exclusive interview clips and you can go to patreon.com outtheboxmedia all of these links will be in the description of this episode and it'll also be on the website outtheboxmedia.com where you can find these links as well last but not least i want to also big ups the audio podcast so most people I know tend to watch the shows via YouTube on Out the Box TV. And if you are watching on YouTube, Out the Box TV, and you're not subscribed, make sure you hit that subscribe button. But you can also access the high-quality audio of the shows via platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple. Generally, where you would listen to audio podcasts, you can find the podcast there. All right? And, yeah, I just wanted to get that out of the way any donation, any level of support helps. You know, if you feel like the Patreon thing is not your thing, you don't want to do the monthly subscription, I totally get it. You know, although I, I really would like for you to check some of the episodes out, the exclusive clips out, you know, because it's some really valuable stuff on that page. And you can actually go to the link to find out the list of the different artists that 
we have exclusive interviews with on Patreon. So, yeah, whatever you can do to support, if it behooves you and you feel inclined, definitely feel encouraged to. It really means a lot. So, like I said, we got a new episode today. This is episode 87. It, I'm always excited to do a new episode because I'm getting closer to that 100th episode and I can't wait to celebrate for that. But like I said, I got a special guest on the show today. I have two guests. They are actually put out a project together. So one is a producer in this element of the project and the other is an MC. But they both MC, right? But we're going to be talking about the new project entitled The High Priestess which just came out a few weeks ago. The, the artists themselves have put out solo records and, and projects throughout the years, and they've also done collabo projects as well. So we're going to talk to them today and uh, really chop it up about this new album. So without further ado, I want to welcome to our Out the Box Talks viewing and listening audience, my sister, hailing from Chicago, and my brother representing, you know, the production and the live and the MC element as well. Uh, welcome to Out the Box Talks, Rita J and Brother Neek to talk about this new project, The High Priestess. What's up, peace. what's up? Peace. Peace, peace. How y'all doing? It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Indeed, indeed. Pleasure. So I got so much to talk to y'all about today. I mean, really just focusing on this new album, The High Priestess. As I was telling y'all earlier, like, when I heard that this project was being released and just like the artwork alone kind of just like brought me in, you know, because it's speaking volumes. You know how they say a picture's worth a thousand words you know the artwork matched the title and as soon as i heard the music i was like i was blown away like i was feeling the vibes immediately so i want to talk to y'all about that but before we jump into the project i want to give y'all the opportunity to just give the the audience out there a little history on yourself a brief history so for those that may not know tell us individually how you each got started with pursuing a career in music what made music something serious for you all to pursue either one of you can go first i'll let you go first let's read it jack okay um so i was always interested in um performing arts as a child and so when i got to college um i would go to a lot of poetry sessions and that, that's what initially um, sparked my interest to like want to write rhymes and, and rap and whatnot. And so um, when I got, when I graduated, I met up with a Tone B. Nimble and Cap D of All Natural out of Chicago, and they had their own record label. And uh, I ended up working with them and like ended up putting out um, some work with them. And then like the ball had just kept rolling from there. So I'm, this is my third solo album. Um, I've been emceeing for like 20 years, toured overseas uh, and whatnot. So, um, yeah. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Neek, go yeah. ahead. Your turn. Yeah. So I grew up in a, uh, I grew up in a household like my dad. He was, uh, 
he was a part of a, a major soul group in the uh, 50s, 60s, and the early 70s called the Kelly Brothers. Um, so I kind of grew up with it within my blood. You know, my dad, you know, he toured with like Sam Cooke, toured with James Brown. He was signed to Federal Records. So that history of music was always in my house. Um, and it wasn't until I got older and became a teenager that my dad started talking to me more just about the music business and, you know, just the music culture. And, you know, my brother, he was a producer. So I was kind of also trying to be like him in a way, you know. So I would get up under him. He would teach me about production and teach me about, you know, songwriting. And then eventually I just started kind of going out on the scene and started networking. And uh, one of the first artists that I met uh, on the scene, uh, two artists, uh, Sincerely Yours, uh, Mulatto Patriot, and the Chicago Network. And I literally just met everybody from there. So everybody through those guys, I started, you know, uh, working and networking with different guys like Pugs Adams, Rasheed Hadi, you know, Add to Slot A. And, you know, we just started grinding, you know, in a team effort from there. And from that point on, you know, just getting out of Chicago, we started doing shows around the country, you know, did two tours around the country and stuff like that. So I was able to meet, you know, other artists in different cities and start to build more of a community and a network. And, you know, that's that's kind of where I'm at now. You know, I'm just still building my community and still, you know, getting my music out there as far as I can. That's dope, man. It's so dope to hear about the experience, you know, in Chicago and like, when I think about your story, you know, you guys coming back together, you know, you know, from that city, I, I think that's really dope. So I, I, I want y'all to delve into a little bit about that. Like, how did y'all even meet and, and decide that, you know what, we're going to collaborate on a record, a full length record? So, um, so for me, I've, I followed Rita J for a while. Like I've I've known her about her music and I was always a fan. Um, and a lot of times when I was trying to network at that time, I was still pretty new on the scene. I nobody really knew me at that point. So a lot of the times like I would, you know, see her on different shows, you know, performing around the city, also hearing about how she went out, you know, out of the country and doing things like that. So in my mind, and she still is, she's a very big artist, right? So I'm like how do you how do you network and connect um and i started working on my uh album that i produced pretty much the first album i produced from, from beginning to end and i started working on a record uh called do it for love and i really heard her voice on it and i really wanted her to be a part of it so i mean i just reached out and i told her straight up like hey you know i would love for you to be on my album and she was very cool she was like absolutely you know no problem we set up the session we did the record and, you know, at that point, you know, I was just just interested in working even more. So I just, you know, asked her, I said, hey, you know, what are you working on? You know, what you got going on? And, you know, we started setting up sessions from there. And, you know, we would, you know, work, we worked on a record or two and we started to see that we had the chemistry going. And, you know, I was like, you know, let's, let's kind of make it more of a routine. And then, you know, here we are, you know, we just kept, you know, getting up weekly, uh, knocking out records and just kind of, having conversations about where we are as artists and, you know, what the things that we want to do. And before we know it, I'm looking around, I'm telling Rita, I'm like, yo, we got an album, mm. you know? Dope, dope. And I think I saw on, I don't know if it was your IG page, Rita, or it was yours, Nick, but it looked like the the album, at least some of it was recorded in person, right? Like 
you guys were both together. Yeah, the whole thing. Got mm-hmm. it. Dope, dope. So, Rita, you talked about being an artist for about 20 years. I feel like it's a little over 20 years. And when I looked at, you know, your catalog, like this is your third. I know you put out the album earlier. Was it earlier this year or, or late last year? With Rare, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's a gap when you really think about it, right? Like, and I I, I found myself, like I've, I've known about you for a while, but I always felt like I haven't heard a lot of music from you. Can you talk to me about why it's taken so long or why you've taken taken such gaps in between in between releasing projects? Um, yeah, so it's just something that I do um naturally. It's never been like a job for me, you know, like I don't have that type of uh structure to it. Um and then also um who I work with where I'm working, how all that plays out. Like I've lived in different cities and I haven't always had the support um, for something like that, you know, to do it the way I want to do it. Um, I was kind of like out there by myself for a while. You know what I mean? I I never really had a team Mm. um, to help. So, um, you know, I never really had any pressure or any, you know, thing like that to, to, to pump out material like that you know so i just i just pretty much um did what i wanted to do like on my own time basically that's that's dope i i, I could dig that you know nothing forced like it and usually the best work some of the best work comes when you just do it naturally and organic like that so i could respect that so neek when i listen to this album the Beats on this album really complement Rita's vocals. Can you talk about what you think created the the atmosphere for you all to both have like a successful chemistry in the recording? Um, I think for me, I, I think the reason why the chemistry was there and the music was tailor made was number one, she wanted to do it. So the desire was there to work and get in the studio and really like create, you know, uh, create like an energy around, you know, the songs in the album. I think number two was the conversations that we would have. So we didn't just start working on music, you know, coming in the studio and just started working. We had a lot of conversations. So we would talk, we would discuss, you know, kind of where we are emotionally, mentally, spiritually. So I was able to kind of, understand musically where the where sonically where it should go um and i think that the fact that we did it together uh was important and not like for example i'm sending her files and she's sending me vocals because at that point in real time i was able to decipher whether she liked the music or if it was i had to go back to the drawing board so that was kind of like all of those elements combined together i think made for a great synergy and for a great project yeah you know, and as you as you just said, you had to decide whether she liked the music or not. It, it leads me to the yeah. skit that's, that's on. The, yeah, it, it makes me think about the skit that's on the album. I'm forgetting the name of the track, but it's a skit. I think it's something to do with like whack beats, and yeah. no, hear, whack beats. right, no whack beats. And no you whack hear beats. Rita 
kind of giving her opinion. <laughs> How much of that actually happened in this actual real, real recording process? How much of Rita was like, you know, she had her producer hat on? um yeah there were no whack beats at all um i think i might have passed up on two beats just because like i was you know so excited about the ones i already had so um yeah i i just it was pretty pretty instant like i knew you know we was on to something when he would be just up there like making the beat so nice yeah because the music was 90 percent of the beats were made on the spot you know, yeah. it wasn't like I was sending her music, you know, as I was making it, the energy for the song was already being created, you know, but that was kind of just like a play on the fact that a lot of times producers try to force records on people, you know, like, hey, you need this, you need to rap over this, this is what's hot, and not taking into consideration where the artist is, like, how do you even know that that fits where the artist wants to go, you know, so, you know, that's kind of where that you know, came from. Indeed, indeed. Can you talk to me about the album title, The High Priestess? Like, what was it about that title that resonated with you for this album, Rita? Um, so The High Priestess for me is um, about using my magic, using my powers, stepping into my higher self. And um, it's also a play on a tarot card. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's like being a magi, you know what I mean? And so uh, I'm just leveling up pretty much. Got it, got it. Nice, short and sweet, but to the point. I like that. <laughs> so the intro to the album is, it's really a dope intro. You know, I, you know, like some albums will start out, start off with just, bars right or just going straight into the lyrics and you kind of just hear Rita talking on the track but I feel like it sets the tone for the message of the album right or what the core of the album is supposed to represent um on the intro you say you were away from music you never quit you never gave up just took some time to reorganize and set yourself up for bigger and better let me say, I first want to commend you for taking care of self. But I wanted to ask you, what does it feel like getting that reset and coming back to your music career after the self-care and the healing? How does that feel for you now? It feels like a, a breath of fresh air. It feels wonderful. It feels uh, fulfilled. I feel abundant and I feel fulfilled. Um because I'm, I am still doing this. You know, we know a lot of uh, people our age, you know, were doing this when they were teenagers and whatnot. And it was just like a pipe dream, you know what I mean? But I'm like actively in my craft and um, that is to be honored and, and respected. Dope, dope, dope. So I want to actually get into some of the songs on the album, right? As you can see, I started with the intro and I tend to like to go through some of the lyrics or some of the themes on the album. So one of the tracks I do want to talk about is Mad As Hell. And um, there's a line on there where you say, Rita, not press for the press, media and yes men, took time to invest in my future is my best friend. Then you go on to say the present is a blessing, you know, and, and so forth. Tell me why the future is your best friend. Why, why do you say that? 
Um, because it's like the future is something that you can look forward to. And that's what gives us the hope and the excitement and the joy of living, right? Is to be able to live on, live the next day. Like, oh, I'm raising my children. I'm with my family. You want to, to live, to, to see more days. And so that's pretty much, yeah. The future is my best friend. Yeah. And and it, and it makes sense, you know, because I feel like, with this reset and with everything that's going on in the world today, like a lot of us are thinking about the future. Right. And, and we're thinking about it. I mean, if we're, if, if we're really serious, we're thinking about it, about making some serious changes. Right. So we can still be here and, and, and continue to progress. So I could dig that, you know, make it, making the future your friend <laughs> and, yeah. you know, getting, getting comfortable with what's to come in a positive way, at least. So another line that stands out on that same track, Mad as Hell, I just had to, you know, bring it up. You say not, uh, what is it? I think there's a line where you say, um, you say there's other, there's other aspects to the line, but I'll just go with it. I'll just go with the, the one that stands out the most for me. You say, um, some dude snatched your studio. Had you feeling hella moody, yo? Sick of chicks <laughs> shaking booties, bro. Of course I edited. You said another word, right? <laughs> but um, that made me think about that, right? Like, uh, as, especially as we think about like WAP culture, and 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 it being embraced by a lot of women and even men, you know, as a sort of a freeing and liberating thing you know, for women entertainers, you know, in today's climate, like I I wanted to get at your core thoughts about that. Like, you know, why, why do you say you're sick of seeing chicks shaking their rares? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because there, there are so many other things we can be focused on. You know what I mean? Like use your brain, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) There are so many other options, and so it's just it comes down to respect and accountability, and just showing up for yourself and in your highest self. Indeed, indeed. How how do you like? What motivates you to just be like, you know what? I don't care what anybody else is doing. I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be confident in what I have to say, regardless of what you know other women may be doing or how other people may feel like what gives you that confidence to stand on that? I would say just, it was, it's just how I was raised. You know what I mean? Like I was raised that way and um, everyone should stand in their truth. You know what I mean? So um, it's just something that was embedded in me uh, to be unapologetic pretty much. Indeed. Indeed. And it's, it's valuable, right? I, I want to, again, commend you for that because we need music like that and we need people to, to keep it true to themselves, right? I think that's the only way the music progresses, you know, or, or one of the main ways the music progresses when people stay true to themselves. So respect to you for that. So I want to jump around. I'm, I got more lines that I want to get to, but I want to come back to Unique. You have, I know last year you put out a, a project called In Instead. Am I pronouncing it right? 
Innenstein. Innenstein. I, I knew I always I knew I was gonna have a pr- problem pronouncing that, but it was like last November you put it out, yeah, um, mm-hmm. and it was really dope as well. And when I was looking at your catalog, I saw that you had also put out two live albums. Um, talk to me about how your experience as a producer, you know, and just having that experience doing live albums impacted the work on this particular project? Yeah. So the thing is, I think the most important thing is finding the right sonics to fit around the artist. Um, For me, it's easy because I'm dealing with me as an individual. So whether I'm picking beats from other producers or if I'm making it myself, I know what I like and I know it gets me going as an artist, Um, but it takes a different skill set to be able to take that to someone else because you have to get to learn them. You have to get to know them and you have to know what makes them go, you know, as an artist, especially someone of Rita's caliber, who's used to dealing with top level production and used to, you know, and is a very potent writer, you know, I'm thinking to myself, what are those sounds and what are those sonics is going to bring the best out of her, you know? So with my experience producing for myself, I kind of understand a little bit more about, just on the basic level, the rhythmic part of the beat, you know, the the, uh, the synergy part of the beat, what's gonna really bring those lyrics out of out of a person, you know? So kind of taking that experience into this project, it was just really just kind of me keeping an open mind and an open ear to kind of just experiment and do anything. You know, not come into the session with a lockstep idea or an idea that's kind of set in stone. It's just kind of like, you know, Hey, let's experiment. You know, I, I would have records all over the floor and I would just pick one up, you know, put it on and we were, you know, kind of going through it and we hear something and, you know, we give each other that look like, Ooh, like we got some <laughs> whip it through the NPC, start working it. And then just kind of letting the vibe, you know, do its own thing. So I think, you know, the, the key is just staying open and, you know, and staying unrestricted and just letting whatever happens happens because if it doesn't come out well you can scrap it if it comes out great keep going you know but there's no pressure you know indeed did you have any moments where your mc viewpoint kind of took over and said you know what i could probably give rita some pointers here or you know just in a, just in a friendly way though like i know rita i know you can spit i get it you know what i'm saying but like just adding on like did you have any moments where you felt like yo maybe i could lend a little direction based on what i know as an mc not at all she didn't need it <laughs> what i what i say that she's a potent writer she's a very potent writer she would come back to the studio with the record already done now, as far as like different arrangements on the production side, then that was on me, you know, dropping the beat here and there, you maybe repeat a chorus here and there, but as far as the writing and the direction and the, you know, you should say it like this or operate it like that, absolutely not. She already had it ready to go and knew exactly what she was doing. I was actually learning as she was going. I was like, oh my God, that's how you write that chorus? Okay, cool, thanks. Appreciate the insight, but on a serious note, you know, she, she didn't need anything, man. She, I mean, she knew what she was doing, you know, from the jump. That's what's up, man. I was actually going to ask you about that. Like, 
a little later on, but being that you just said it, I'll go into it. Like, what what were the things that you felt like you learned from her? If you could just like expound a little further as as you were working with her, like like what are some pointers you learned that now, as you get ready to record your next album, you're like, you know, I, I'm gonna take some of that, you know, and I'm gonna well borrow some of that, right? <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna um, use that to to help me out. Yeah. So. One thing about Rita uh, that I've learned just, you know, being in proximity with her as a writer, she is one of the best inner line rhymers that I've ever heard. And what I mean by that is she knows how to rhyme the, the, the first, the fourth bar with the second bar and the first bar with the third bar. So <laughs> everything is interwoven and interchanging out. Like for the most part, me as a writer, I'm typically a one bar, four bar rhymer. So I'll rhyme on the one and you won't hear the rhyme back into the four. But Rita, she's rhyming all the way through and it's so <laughs> seamlessly, you know, so her inner line rhyming skills and her cadence is what separates her from a lot of artists. It's kind of black thoughtish, if mm. you will. So when I'm sitting here listening to her recording, I'm, I got the headphones on, I'm like, <laughs> and I told her, I said, I, when, when she was working on it, on the album, it was two songs, uh, Freedom, uh, the second verse on that song, and I think it's the first verse on Feminine Rising. I said, those are two of the best verses I've ever heard. Wow. You know, literally, like from anybody, whether it's upper level or starting, you know, coming into the industry. So her inner line rhyming patterns and her cadence is bar none. She's phenomenal. Wow, man. That's dope. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I wanted to ask, like, I'm so glad you brought that up, Nick, because there's layers to Rita's verses on this album, right? Um, and I think this is something, this is not something new. I feel like you've been doing this for a while now. For someone listening to this album, what what are some things you feel like people will miss in terms of the technique and the rhyming approach? Because the subject matter is definitely there, but there's some intricacies to how you layer your rhymes, right? Like, what are some things that you feel like people should probably, if you had to give a hint, like things people should pay attention for with your lyrics on this album or your rhyme pattern on this album um hmm i mean i definitely feel like um some verses you know hit harder than others but um but just as a as a whole i would i would like people to always just listen to all everything you know what i'm saying listen to its entire just it's like wordplay. It's it's just it's like it's fun to catch little things and you know what I mean. So I don't want to like give it away, but um, for example, uh, "Real Men Cry Too." Um, that second verse is just hella potent. I don't know, like something you know was just really speaking to me. And then um, on "Feminine Rising," you know, I just something it was like spirit was just on me. So. Uh, yeah, just just in the zone. I don't know. Yeah, I forgot to say that that second verse too on Real Man Cry Two, her verse, for man. <laughs> yeah, I just need to say that. 
crazy. Indeed, we we gonna definitely talk about that track. You know, I'm, I I got time. I'm, I'm gonna go into some of these <laughs> tracks on the album that really stand out to me. So let's go with the next question. Purpose, passion, magic, use it, mission, message, action, choose it. Purpose, passion, magic, use it. Mission, message, action, move it. This is from the song Freedom, and I get the sense that there's a deeper meaning to the order of which these words are said in this hook. Can you talk about why you chose to recite these words in this particular order? Um... Kind of like it's like a spell, like a magic spell. You know how you, you repeat the spell, you know, a couple of times to make it potent. You know what I mean? And since we're dealing with uh, alchemy and, and high priestess, uh, the magic, um, you know, that's pretty much what it is. It's like just uh, stirring up the magic, like use your powers, um, use your words uh, to create the magic. Got it. Got it. You know, as I, I was, as I was listening to it, I felt like the words themselves also were like moving in a direction, right? Like you start with the purpose, you know, you start with the purpose, uh, then the passion, which is kind of like together, then you create the magic, then you, you, you put it in motion, right? You know, and then it, it leads to this mission and message. Was that kind of also what it was, like moving in that direction? Yeah, it's like it's like steps, you know yeah. what I mean? You have to do them in order. So, yeah, pretty dope, much. dope. So, you you have a song titled My King is one of my favorite songs on the record. And I mean, I say one of my favorite because there are a lot of favorites. But um <laughs> this one definitely is one of the first ones that stood out as I was going through it in the order from beginning to end. Now, this song details the positive attributes of your male counterpart. Um, you give a lot of attributes on the song, but if you had to break it down to four core attributes that a king should represent today, and when we say king, obviously we're talking about the general understanding of a of a of a man today, right? Um, like if you had to break it down to four four attributes that a king should represent today, what would you say are those core characteristics of a king? Wow. <laughs> Um, let's see, uh, courage, um, equality, um, loving, um, compassionate. I'm gonna keep going. I'm four is like, what? <laughs> so I challenged you a little bit because you actually did this on the song, but I wanted to kind of hone it in a little bit more. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Continue. Condense it. No, I get it. Um, yeah, I just, it's so many things uh, that make people's character. Um, and so uh, we need more men to um, to live up to these uh, attributes. Um, and so th th they were like, it was like I was just um, affirming it. Those were like affirmations. You know what I'm saying? Got it. Got it. Thank you. So I want to jump to jump back to the skit, right? Uh, no Wack Beats. Um, <laughs> it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, you're not even expecting this. Like, I think there's, like, some conversation happening, but then you realize, oh, it's really, you know, reader critiquing this dude about his beats. Like, can you talk about 
how why this track was placed on the album and the reasoning for it. Either uh, one of you can go. Okay. Uh, well, I, Rita, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it was we would have conversations about production and just beats in general, and Rita would express a level of frustration about some of the beats that she was getting especially in the beginning of us working together because we haven't really decided whether or not we were doing a full project. So a lot of times people were sending her beats all the time and she would, you know, say, you know, she just had this look of frustration. Like I, it's nothing is moving me, you know, like, what is this? So kind of like how the producers just kind of like saying, Hey, you know, this is be something you'll be dope on check it out but not doing their due diligence and understanding what type of artist she really is. Like, mm -hmm. how do you even come to a conclusion that this is dope for me? Right. You know, so kind of with that skit, it was kind of like me forcing a record on her to she like, wait, this the beat right here? Like, what do you mean? And I'm telling her how dope it is, how good she's going to sound on it. She like, nah, that, that, that's not for me. And, you know, and kind of just being in the ego as a producer, like, Okay, I'm gonna give it to somebody else. Don't worry about it. You know, you'll be good. But kind of just talking about that that relationship of when a producer does reach out and connect, it's like know how to connect. You don't just send me anything. Like listen to me, understand what type of artist I am, then connect. Don't just send me something because you see my name, you know, going around the internet. You know, what what's the value here, you know? Indeed. Can I just say that even though the the beat displayed on the on the skit is is a whack beat, <laughs> I feel like I feel like it, it there's it can grow, you know, like you could add stuff to it and it can work, you know, <laughs> like so. Tell me how y'all even came up with that beat. Like, did you was the mentality like, yo, I'm gonna I'm gonna specifically create a beat that sucks, or <laughs> like how did it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was. We was in the studio because we was talking about the skit for a couple of sessions, but we never did it. And when we were starting to wrap up, I was like, yo, we got, Rita was like, yeah, we got to do the skit. I'm like, okay. So I was like, okay, how can I make a terrible beat? Like very terrible. So I was like, okay. And I literally just looked for the worst sounds I could find and just started pressing buttons. And, and what, it was so funny. Like when I was doing it, I could see the disgust on her face like, like this is this is whack i'm like good we get there you know so i'm like i'm pressing keys all out of tune i'm just hitting synthesizers just because like it had no rhyme or reason for it and i was like yeah this whack enough she like yeah that's real whack <laughs> that's really interesting because really you know is that the mission right to create something that's whack so it's just funny hearing like the process of how you guys came up with it. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so um, the beats on the album, as I said earlier, it really complements your voice and just your style as an MC really well, Rita. How do you know when a beat is perfectly crafted for your liking? Like, what are some things you look for to get that stamp of approval for yourself? Um, well, in this case, you know, I've always been a fan of Neek um, and his production. And so he has a real a soulful sound. And um, it just felt, you know, felt like home. And, you know, just I knew I could get get in the groove on his production. Um, but 
it just really depends. You know, like I don't have really like a style that I, you know, uh, prefer necessarily. I've wrapped on like all kinds of beats. So um, I feel like it just has to be uh, something that I like. Um, but I definitely know if it if it's going to work or not. Like I can listen to it before I even start rhyming and I'll know if it's going to work. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And I noticed that you tend to. You tend to pick a lot of soulful beats. And I mean, I love soulful beats. Like, it's my thing, you know. Um, so is there an element of just like it, f- f- you know, it finding your soul too, like fitting with, you know, maybe the music that you grew up with, like the sounds that you're, you were inspired by? Exactly. Yep. It's the music that I grew up around, you know, the music my parents played. So it's just already embedded. Dope, dope. So I wanted to ask you this question. This, ne- this next question is for you, Neek. Can you tell me what would you say was the easiest and most difficult part about producing this album for Rita? Like, so that's a two-part question, right? The, the most easiest part about it and the most challenging, if you had to explain the two. Yeah, I think the, uh, the easiest part about producing it was the fact that we were both on the same page. So we both knew what the objective was. We both knew the goal. We both knew that at the end of it, we wanted to make an album. Um, So we had, it was very intentional, you know, from the start. So as we started making records, it's kind of like, you know what to make. Once you have something already done, you know what's missing, you know what you still need. So with the intentionality of trying to create an album, you know, it made it very easy, you know, from that perspective. I think if anything, as far as, I wouldn't say difficult, but challenging is just knowing when to stop. Mm. You know, my whole thing was, I would always say, you know, we have an album, we can keep going or we can stop here, you know, but ultimately it was just about how she felt. So until we got to the point where, you know, Rita was like, okay, I think I have enough, then we would stop. But because if that was if that wasn't the case, I mean we probably would have been still making records right now for this album, you know, without that intentionality. So I think that's the biggest thing for any artist because you know your hardest critic, you know, you want what goes out to be the best music and just knowing when to stop and when to say I have enough and being comfortable and securing that, you know, it could be a challenge. Very well said. What, what would you say were the types of sounds or music that you were pulling from or inspired by to craft this High Priestess album? Oh, soul records, uh, soul jazz records. Um, sometimes before sessions, I would uh, go to the record store and I would dig, you know, I would go look for different records and search for different sounds to have on hand for the session. You know, I just wanted, and I figured, you know, as you know, Rita was started to write and show, you know, contextually where she was at. I I started in my mind saying, okay, this should definitely go more of a soulful route because she's speaking a lot of things from the heart. She's she's speaking a lot of things that you know that she normally wouldn't necessarily talk about. You know, being very personal, you know, with her content. So the best thing for me is when you see an artist going that way is to, if you're gonna bring the soul out, let's get the soul records. You know. I'm digging from anything from 72 to 76, jazz, you know, rock, soul, and just kind of just 
you know, pulling the sounds from there and, you know, chopping up the, the sounds from that point. Dope, dope. Well said. So uh, another thing I want to mention, which I only found this out by reading the description on Bandcamp, is uh, Rashid Hadi, who's also featured lyrically on the track Reality, he also serves as the executive producer on the album. What exactly did his executive producer role entail? So, so Rashid and uh, Rashid is pretty much the final stop. And what I mean by that is, you know, we knew we were done, but we also knew that sonically with the mixing and mastering, we needed his touch because, I mean, he's just a phenomenal engineer. He knows how to take the records to the next level sonically, you know? So, you know, we would have the rough drafts of the records. And then when we get the mixes back, we like, oh my God, it sounds like 10 times better, you know? And he's just the final stop. He's that guy for me in my life. It's like, no, you need to, you need another song or no, this ain't quite done yet. So he kind of served in that capacity to say, okay, because when we first gave him all of the records, you know, he takes usually about a week or two with the records. And he hit me back immediately and he hit Reader back. He like, yo, this this album is phenomenal. I'm about to start <laughs> working on it right now. He said, I love it. And he was like, you don't need nothing else. You're good. So as an executive producer, he was that final stop. So the way the, the, the tracks came together, how they stop, how they begin, you know, we came up with the track list together, uh, me and Rita, but he the one who created the track list in terms of when songs stop, when they begin, and how they, you know, are interwoven within each other. So he's that he's that guy. He's that guy for real. Yeah, his name comes up a lot in, in terms of, and it's so funny. I've never gotten a chance to interview him yet, but with so many projects that have come out recently, like his name keeps showing up. Like oh, like he has something to do with certain projects, and it's always in a good light. You know, um, what made y'all say, you know what, he's the guy for this, for this executive role? To me, Rashid is just cold, you know what I mean? <laughs> I would just leave it at that. He's just cold. I mean, why wouldn't you? He, he just, he just, he's that dude. Indeed. <laughs> yep, he understands music, you know, and he, he doesn't have an ego with it either. You know, he's, he wants the best outcome. Like we just say, he's that guy, man. He cares. You know, he he really wants the best music to come out. So he puts his all into it, you know. And he has the ear. You know, there's like a professional engineer ear. You know, he has that. So. Yeah. Dope, dope. So, Rita, you have a track on the album called Mommy Water in which you say you are the daughter of. For those that may not know um, who Mommy Water is, like, can you explain who Mommy Water is and why you consider yourself like a daughter of Mommy Water in the song? So Mommy Water is like the, the goddess of the sea, of the oceans. And, you know, we're all from, come from water, come from the womb, come from water. And so I'm, that's like my, uh, my paying my respects to, to the ocean goddess, uh, Yemaya, um, who's in Orisha. Um, and, uh, just being like a feminine energy, uh, and a, and a mother goddess and, uh, just like a daughter of, of her creation. 
Nice, nice. And I see that you, you know, you recited it a, a, a lot in the song. So it, it felt like it was, it was like really important for you to, you know, sh- share your connection, right, to, 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 to Mami Water. So thank you for, um, you know, explaining that. So the other thing about that track, Mami Water, that really caught my attention, in addition to the title, is the beat. Like, the beat is dope. Like, it has this, like, really raw, repeated percussion sound. Like, let me ask you this, Nick. Did you know that the track would be titled Mommy Water before you made the beat? Like, how did that come to be? Uh, Not necessarily. Um, It was kind of... You know, I wouldn't know the, the, the name of the songs or kind of the direction of the song until uh-huh. we bring the track back. Got it. You know, so when I was making the beat, it was literally, I think the crazy part, I think, and remind me if I'm wrong, uh, Reed, I think that says it was a rough day. I think I was trying to make like one or two beats and it wasn't working out. It just, it just wasn't clicking. And then I came across this one record. It was literally like a record that I, you know, I caught, I caught a loop on it. I was like, oh, this sounds, it just sounds dope to me. So I ran it through the SP303 uh, and kind of just got that, you know, that lo-fi sound on it. And that was all I could add to it at that point. And Rita was like, okay, I'll take that. Let me get that loop. Mm. So I, I got it, looped it up just for her to write to. And then when she brought it back, she recorded to it. And I saw the whole vision right there. Mm. I was like, oh my God, I'm about to add shakers to this record. I'm about to go call my man Jeremy to add live bass on it. So once she laid the vocals and you know, and I was able to understand her pocket, I you know, it, the the record in my mind just went there. Yeah. So it was literally kind of just very. That was very experimental. How the whole record even came together. Nice, nice. You know, and as I was listening to it, like you, it sounds like water. You know, like it almost sounds like flowing water. So that's why I asked you, like, did you know that it was going to be titled that? Like, did you craft it? So that's dope. Like, that that's the other thing, too. Like, having the knack to know when a beat is enough, right? And you pointed out that Rita was like, okay, leave it like that, right? <laughs> How did you know, Rita, that, like, yo, that's what I wanted, and I didn't want to add too much more to it? Like, how did you come to right. that? So, I mean, so again, the beats always lead me into the zone, into the topic or whatever. And yeah. so I I heard the water in the track, you know what nice. I mean? Like, and so um, it, to me, it was, it's fire. Like I'm always cool with the bass, you know, joints, but then when all the layers get added, I, it just makes me even more excited. So like when the bass came, I was just floored, like, wow, like, you know, and <laughs> So, I mean, no, it doesn't need anything else, you know, because I was even cool with it, how it was. So it's like those layers just add more depth. And um, I think that song is really good. And it's it's like a chant. It's kind of yeah. like a prayer chant. Um, and I have my, my homie Cher J, you know, singing that, that chant um, to kind of invoke the spirits and pay respects. Got it, got it. So... Nick, I think it was also dope that you said you saw the vision. Like, you know, how did you know, like, okay, I, I get you now. Like, I'm I, and I'm going to add to this to make it sound what we hear now. You 
so as a producer, a lot of times what I'm grateful for is a lot of times when I, I hear, I will make the beat just enough to get the vocals on there so I can breathe. Mm. And a lot of times just off experience and just off, you know, intuition, I start to hear different sounds. Like sometimes I'll, I'll hear the vocals get laid, I'll hear sax or I'll hear live bass or I hear guitar. So it's kind of leaving that space free flowing to allow for other elements to come on later. Like if I would have just left it the way it was, I mean, it would have been fine. I think it would have still been a good record, but why just make it good when we can make it great? You know, let's take it all the way there, you know? So I'm literally, as she was rapping and I'm hearing the, the lyrics and the flow and the cadence, I'm hearing live bass as, as she's rapping. I'm like, oh my, I got to get bass on this record, you know? So it's kind of just pushing the record to the limit as much as it can go without doing too much, but taking the extra step as well. It's a fine balance that you got to have, you know? So once she, once she laid her vocals, I, I saw the vision like immediately. Wow, man, that's dope. That's a skill set, man. So big ups <laughs> to you for that. So, Nick, the one track that you're featured on as an MC on this mm. album is Real Men Cry 2. Why was that the only track on the album where you felt like the male voice on the song had to come from you? Um, well, it was it was actually Rita's idea. Um, okay. She the one who asked me to to get on the record. She had already recorded her uh, two verses. And, you know, we would have conversations about who would get featured on the album. And she was like, yo, you got to get on this one. It's just, it's, I feel like it's tailored for you. And honestly, when I when I made the beat, as I was making it and we was in the studio vibing, I, I did hear my, no shade, I heard myself on it. I was like, yeah, I, I, I can get on this one. But it was it was only if it was, you know, with her blessing if she wanted me to be a part of it. So when she did and when I heard what she wrote and how she tapped in, you know, it inspired me to really, you know, go back to a vulnerable state and say, why is this important, you know, as, as a man? And, you know, I mean, a blessing with Rita's, you know, writing, you know, she opened it up for that conversation to be had. So it was very easy and free flowing from them. Dope, dope. Rita, I, I have to commend you on this track because um, Real Men Cry 2, there's not a, a lot of songs from female MCs dedicated to the understanding and the compassion of men's emotions. What made you want to do a song like this? Um, because it's just so, we're in such a dire need for it. You know, I feel like um, with the younger generation, especially, um, they're distracted and they think, you know, that they have to be hardcore thugs and, you know, tote guns and just live this destructive lifestyle. And it's just, it's, it's not true. And um, they really just need some therapy and a hug and to be loved. And so um, it's just kind of like a, a shout out to taking care of your mental health and um, as a man or a boy being vulnerable to um, what's quote unquote, uh, not masculine or whatever. It's just like um, you have to open yourself up to to be able to heal and not be angry all the time. Indeed, indeed. Well said. Now, the I believe the last track on the on the album, and you guys alluded to it earlier, "Feminine Rising." Um, I wanted to ask you all about that, and 
I wanted to really just tap into what feminine rising looks like in 2021 amidst the current pandemic and the atmosphere of challenges that you know we're experiencing today what what is a feminine rising look like today uh well it doesn't look like what they show you on tv <laughs> that's for sure yeah. Um, it looks like, uh, I mean, I could just mirror it to my own life. It looks like um, having my own business, being an entrepreneur, um, you know, being steadfast in my spiritual and my holistic uh, lifestyle, um, you know, uh, being disciplined, um, being a married woman now, um, having uh, business partnerships, uh, leveling up pretty much like like really tapping into leveling up this is not uh we're not playing show and tell we're not playing who got the longest ponytail you know what i mean who got the most colorful hair like this we're talking about real life real uh you know black economics um leveling up positivity upliftment empowerment all that so rita you said a lot and, and i like <laughs> the fact that one of the key words you said was discipline and mm. that comes with balance how are you able to balance all of this who i don't know <laughs> no i just take time out to breathe and live and have a good time you know it's not always work 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 because also i'm a virgo and that's like a trait that we have is like to overwork ourselves so i i definitely just um carve out time to just you know relax and have fun, but it, it's a lot of work involved, um, in leveling up. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I want to give you a belated, happy belated birthday. <laughs> Thank I know you, you just celebrated Thank your you. birthday. And, and as you talk about Virgos and the work ethic of a Virgo, like I'm all, I feel like, and you could, you could probably answer this best, but like, I feel like there's an element of, 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 how you say of comfort, <laughs> even in the work for Virgos. Is that true? Can you, can you speak to that? Yeah, that's where we feel um, most at home. Like we know how to get busy. We know how to organize and get structured. And like, well, we'll that a lot of Virgos, that's what their job and careers end up being, you know, it's like helping, you know, being somebody's assistant or just helping other people um, get their business in order. Yeah. Yeah. Service. Like yes, service. service. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I noticed that about some of the people that I know that are Virgos, like I'm like, it's like it makes you guys it makes y'all feel good to be inspiring or helping others, you know. And that's yeah. a very, very admirable thing, like, you know, um to 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 really recognize. So thank you. Um, but I also, you know, it it makes me curious to know like how do you find that time to just be like, you know what, it's time for me to just relax or, you know, focus on self-care and, you know, aspects of just feeling good. I mean, well, that's kind of where when you asked me earlier about the breaks, that's part of it. I mean, you yeah. never can, like, I can't put a time limit on the break. A break for me is not necessarily a day or two. Like, that may be some years, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because I'm doing different things. I'm trying uh different moves like i said i've lived in different places like so i just keep myself busy and so um 
you know, it's like, you know, I have a lot of interests and a lot of things I want to accomplish. So I yeah. just try to uh, mix it up, you know, just to keep it spicy. But um, the job still has to be done. Definitely, definitely. And I, 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 when you said you've lived in different places, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. I, I should have mentioned this earlier. I always thought that you were from Atlanta because <laughs> I know that was a scene that you were, you know, very much a part of. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I've interviewed Star before and I've interviewed um, uh, Lyric Jones. I've mm-hmm. interviewed Book Brown. And these, mm-hmm. when I think about Atlanta, I feel like some of the dopest lyricists who are women all come from, well, not come, but I've either lived there or stayed there for a certain time. And I had this conversation with Lyric Jones, and she was like, wow, like, she didn't even think about that. Like, you all, I think, were in that scene around the same time. What can you say about Atlanta that has really helped to hone who you are today? as an artist or as a, as a creative? So I, I spent about four years in Atlanta and um, I was on the scene, on the music scene, and I met a lot of incredible people um, outside of even their artistry, just incredible people that I'm still friends with today. Um, it, Atlanta was just very community-based and very entrepreneurial. So it was a lot of Black Um, entrepreneurs doing their thing, a lot of talented people. It was a melting pot. Um, I don't even know really probably how many people that really were from Atlanta. You know what I mean? Like most of us were from different cities from all over, from Detroit to California, Boston, you know, D.C. And so um, Atlanta was where we met. And the scene was just, um, it was bubbling at the time. And we all got to like collaborate and just kind of, uh, you know, blow that scene up at that time. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you for sharing that. I was always curious to know about like your experience out there. So, uh, it's, it's dope to hear that. So first and foremost, thank y'all for taking the time to be able to build with me today on this new project and other aspects of your career. I wanted to ask both of you, before we get out of here, um, what does completing this album mean for the next steps in your career? So you could answer Rita and also you can answer as well, Neek. Um, for me, I, I just think it's a, it's another stepping stone. Like, uh, you know, I'm so happy that I've completed it, but like Nick said, it hasn't even really started yet. Like it's only been out two weeks. Like there's still more work to do with this album and I'm excited to do that. Um, but I also know that once this is, you know, all said and done, I'll be looking forward to the next project and to outdo myself again. So it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, a moment in time that I, w- I want to, you know, take the time to appreciate, but um, there will be, you know, more projects to come, God willing. Indeed, indeed. And I also want to say, like, you, the, the album that I mentioned earlier that you came out with, I think it was late last year, the Black Koala album with Rashawn Ahmad, like, 
that wasn't too long ago, and then now we have the high priestess. Like, does this set the the tone for another album coming out without such a long gap, or is it just kind of be how you you flow with it? Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm. I don't know, man. Well, it won't be that long of a gap. Uh, I don't think. I don't think. But um, I'm gonna just let this one ride. And like Indeed. the Black Koala, um, that was finished prior to it being released, and so I was really happy that that you know finally got released. But um, you know, some things are out of my control. Like I couldn't control um, how long that took to come out so um ah, just okay. hope hope for the best <laughs> indeed indeed of course so neek um you put out oh man i i i'm sorry if i'm butchering the name in <laughs> instead in 2020 yeah. as i mentioned yes. earlier yeah uh but is it possible we get a new project from you as well because i feel like the year we're like what we're like going into the fourth quarter of the year and we yeah. don't have outside of this. Obviously, we haven't gotten a, a, a solo project from you. Um, is is that um? Is there anything coming before twenty twenty one is up? Uh, not sure. But I'm gonna tell you right now, it's a lot of work in the chamber. Right. Uh, the pandemic has been a blessing. If there's one thing that I did, I recorded a lot of music. So, <laughs> um, I'm just kind of strategically, you know, moving things as as it need to go. You know, right now my focus is helping Rita with the high priestess and pushing that forward. And you know, I mean, I and I know she knows this. We can all, we always gonna keep working. So you know, whenever we get to that point where she like, okay, it's time to lock back in. I, you know, I'm ready to go. Um, but as far as you know, what I got coming up, like I know I have a, another solo project that's already done. You know, just trying to figure out, you know, when the best time to release it. You know, I have a couple of uh, collaborative projects, you know, done already, you know, with me, you know, with production and also uh, with writing. So there's a lot of stuff to come. You know, I just want to make sure that everything gets its time and everything gets its proper promotion and marketing. You know, I, I'm not really a big fan of just putting stuff out over and over and over and trying to force it. I'm kind of more of a let's slow cook it, let it sit out for a minute, let's push it, work it. Boom. Let me give you another one. So um, you definitely have some work coming for me, for sure. For sure. Indeed, indeed. You know, and I, I really want to get back to, you know, the idea that you've put out live projects, right? The Neek experience. Um, do you foresee a live experience or a live version to the High Priestess? Um, like, based on your experience doing live projects? I I would love that. If Rita told me she wanted to do that, we'll do it. <laughs> you know, so it's just one of those things that, you know, it got to make sense. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, right now, we in a, we, to me, in my mind, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Um, so we have to do things responsibly and, and when it's safe. But there's always workarounds and ways to do it. But, I mean, the, the album would be definitely phenomenal for a live experience. So, you know, if we, when we get to that point and we figure out the best way to do it, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. How, how have you all been actually approaching the, the, the promotion of this album? Like, or even like the virtual live element or tours? Like, what, what's been the approach with that? Because you did say, yeah, like, we're still 
in the pandemic. So it, it's still kind of interesting how you navigate that. Like what, what's, what's been your strategy? Um, I would say just having a balance between both. Uh, I know with the live listening session that we had, we also, we had people actually be a part of it physically, but we also had the, the virtual element. So kind of meeting people where they're at, you know, some people, they want to get back outside. They're like, Hey, let us in. We're ready to go. Then there's some people who don't necessarily feel as comfortable. So we want to accommodate both crowds, you know? And I think that the key is just taking it one step at a time and then personally seeing how we feel, you know, as individuals, because we got to be mindful of our own health and our own safety as well. So just taking it one step at a time, you know, this is not typical for a lot of projects where you're doing a lot of foreshadowing, you know, four to six months out. Um, but a lot of key things have been done already, you know, building the content for it, shooting music videos, you know, taking uh, press photos and things of that nature to kind of just keep the conversation going um, and then figuring out and intertwining the live aspect as we need to. Dope. My last question for y'all, what are your favorite tracks? on this album or if you had to just uh, let me see if I could even narrow it a little bit if you had to pick two of your favorite tracks what would it be <laughs> All right, that's a tough one man you got us right there already I'm already like come on man oh <laughs> mm. now it could be two that you feeling today and then next week it might change I'm okay with that too <laughs> okay that's fair that's fair all right, I'm gonna say um, "My King Is" and "Real Men Cry Too." Good choice, good choice. I like that. That's Man, my favorite um, I'm gonna say, okay. I gotta pick three. You gotta give me three. Nah, you gotta pick two, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got an honorable mention. All right, <laughs> all right, cool. I I give you honorable mention. Okay, um, "My King Is," reality. And AI shadows. Nice, nice. Wow, man. You see, that's <laughs> when you know, like, you guys put some valued effort to, in this album when it's so hard to pick favorites. So I want to commend y'all again for putting out such a dope album. I feel like this record, when you really look back, if people take a very serious look, at projects that's come out this year, this record will stand out. Um, and I wish you all nothing but success with your individual careers, but as this project continues to unfold and, and, and the success with it. So thank you all again. And um, I'm going to look forward. Like, what's, what's next? What's the next video? <laughs> uh, so the next video will be busting. And it'll be oh, busting okay. next week. So stay tuned. Oh, man, yep. you coming with it. Coming with that fire. That's one of them hard tracks right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That'll be the first video next week. What? What's one of your favorite tracks? Or your two? Oh, man. You got... Yeah, see, I, I, know, this gonna, I know this was going to happen. I'll be asking the questions and they get thrown back. All right, let me... Um, where did I put my phone? Oh, my goodness. All right, I'm going to just go off the top. I think My King Is is definitely one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And real men cry. But I got more like y'all too, but I'm gonna go with those two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those cool. those are my those are my standouts today. Cool. 
Well, thank you so, so much for having us. This was this was an honor. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, it's always good to spread the love, spread the word. The new album is out. Um, you can find it on my website also at RitaJMusic.com. It's on all the uh, digital streaming platforms. Please, please check it out. Buy the album. We got CDs, digipacks. We got merch coming. It's lit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put that banner up. You said RitaJMusic.com, right? Yes. All right, let's put that up real quick. Make sure you yep. go to RitaJMusic.com and go check that out. And I know it's on Bandcamp as well. I, I, I encourage, you know, the true supporters to go, you know, purchase that album, you know, support it via Bandcamp. Um, and, like, man, like, I mean, it's, it's a really good project. I saw that you guys got some recognition on the website, HipHopGoldenAge.com, too. I think it showed up in, in their top albums of the month list. So that's dope. Um, yeah, man. And I just want to encourage y'all to keep putting out that dopeness. Keep sharing quality, creative, thought-provoking music that, you know, inspires and uplifts. I, I, I see that that's that's been uh, a common thing with you all. So thank you again. And to all of our listeners, make sure y'all go to our website, outtheboxmedia.com. Subscribe for free so you can be updated with all things Out The Box related. And, um, you know, show us love there. And check out our Big Cartel page for merch, as well as our Patreon page to become a Patreon subscriber so you can get access to exclusive interview clips. Thank you to my guests again tonight. Until next time, I want to say peace, love, and light. Y'all stay focused, stay healthy, stay safe. We out. Peace. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.